We wish to acknowledge the traditional caretakers of the land we record this podcast on, the Yuggera people and their continued connection to the land and waterways of Yuggera country. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging and to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hello and welcome to the Sports Social Podcast, bringing you this week's joy, humanity and heartbreak in sport. Hi Libby. Hi Georgie. Did you have a good holidays? Uh, I limped <laughs> to the finish yeah, line. To the end. First sports analogy of the day. <laughs> it was, um, look, it wasn't our finest moment as a family <laughs> in terms of holidays. We had adenovirus, we had a trip to... The hospital with my middle girl, Eddie, with croup. Mm. I got a bit sick in there, which is why I sound like I've had a few darts. Uh, <laughs> or I'm on some sort of sexy hotline. Either or. Take your pick. Um, <laughs> sports podcast. <laughs> hi. Hi. Today we'll be talking sport. <laughs> with Libby and Georgie. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, we, we've limped to the finish line mm. and I'm very, very very grateful that it's now back to school. Well, we camped for a week. Yeah, how did you survive? It was it was actually really good. We were at this place that had like an epic kids club. Oh, cool. So there were so you got rid of the children. There were hours in the day where they just went off and played games and Amazing. had a fun time. But it rained the last couple of days and there were a few points during the rain when I just thought, let's just go home. Why didn't you? Um, it's hard to pack up when it's raining. True. So, but that's the worst thing on camping because you don't want to be there when it's raining. But when it's not raining, it is so much fun. Yeah. And they're just roaming free and on their scooters. Do you have all the gear? No, 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 no. We have trestle tables. Oh, well that's <laughs> <laughs> it's not nothing. Uh, no, we don't have all the gear. We just uh, hired a caravan. That's oh, cool. my level of camping. I think tents would break us. We're not set up enough. Oh, no. And Ben does not like sleeping on air mattresses he's scarred from like school camps where do you remember you just had these terrible foam rolls and that's what you slept on at a school camp I don't remember sleeping in that I think all the camps that I went on had like bunk beds Mm, posh well (laughs) until you get sick during the middle of the night and then go to wake up your teacher and vomit on them (laughs) poor teachers they don't get paid enough they do not get paid Enough oh, that's to terrible. deal with people like me. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the joys. School goes back tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe that's why I'm scarred from camping. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you're like, it's, an, it's a solid no. It's just an absolute no from me. You're like, four walls. I need a bed. Running water. Yes, all of those very important things. We should have a quick chat about the NRL and the NRLW. Yes, we should. over the weekend. You just gave this face of like, uh, I don't really want to though. Well, I mean, the NRLW final, even though the score wasn't that close, the actual game was really exciting. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. So Newcastle won, was it 38 to 12? Maybe 32. I don't know. Something. It was ex- It was a good score line. Yeah. It, it was, was impressive. A, yeah, it was. And I think you mentioned that the... Newcastle and Parramatta this year. We're two new teams to the comp, which is pretty impressive. Amazing. So Newcastle, I think, recruited well to build their team. Yeah. You were mentioning that they'd had some players from the Broncos that they brought down. Yes, Millie Boyle and Tamika Upton. That's very clever. And it was cool that that was the – it was a double header yesterday afternoon. I thought it was brilliant. 
What a clever way to do it. Such a great way to do it. And with Newcastle versus Parramatta in the NRLW and then Parramatta versus Panthers in the NRL, like it was a great, great concept. I think they should continue to do that because that's only going to build the support and fan base for the NRLW as well. Yeah. The next match, the Penrith Panthers versus the Parramatta Eels, was yeah. a slightly disappointing match. Two grand, We've had two grand finals in two weeks that were didn't Lame. feel like competitive matchups in the end. And the NRL didn't have Robbie Williams. Oh, I think Jimmy Barnes was quite good. I, I feel like Jimmy Barnes could just do the pregame for the NRL every year and everyone <laughs> would just be like pumped. <laughs> And they had the lead singer from the Teskey Brothers for the last song and that was epic. That was so good. Who? The Teskey Brothers. They're they're great. You'll love them. Okay. That was really cool. It was like old guy, new guy. Cool. Singing before the match. I just think of Barnsey going, wow. Yeah, but still got it. Flame trees. Well, what's that other one? No, I didn't do flame trees. Good time tonight. No. That's the last one. Mm. You know... Let's play now to Sydney's almost gone. when you sing. <laughs> <laughs> What's that one called? K-san. Thank you, Jace. <laughs> Music moments. I worked at Triple M for 18 months and I don't know this. Yeah, songs. that was not your music corner. <laughs> it was not my music corner. There's a, yeah, there'd be a lot of Barnsey on, on that. K-san played multiple <laughs> times a day. Four times a day minimum. <laughs> I w- High rotation. Hang on, I had some cool facts about the Parramatta Eels. So this they they haven't won a grand final since 1986, and they still didn't. And they still didn't. And apparently they're really they they always sort of choke in that first half. They've got this reputation yeah. of not starting a grand final well. But the police That's not a good like mocker to have on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bad history. But the police came out this week and just reminded the Parramatta Eels supporters to keep it cool, whether or not they win or lose, because the, in 1981, when the Parramatta Eels won, they burnt – the fans burnt down a whole stadium. Oh, oh no, no stadium. Overstatement. Uh, oh, but but they did – Good story, though. <laughs> oh, killed who, it. Who wants details? <laughs> no, they, they burned down the world. Um, <laughs> there was nothing left. There was nothing left. We had to rebuild. They knocked down – they knocked down – they burnt down a stand. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's how passionate they are. So it cracked me up like 30 years later, nearly 40 years later, they've come out and said, now, guys, remember what happened in 1981? Don't do that again. Don't do that again. Penrith Panthers supporters were okay? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was – do you know what? It was really nice. It was two Western Sydney teams mm. and they are both sort of in the heartland of – NRL I think I outside think, of Queensland obviously well yeah but I think the NRL is sort of discovering where their epicenter might be I think they, they didn't know that I think they might have assumed it's always been very much more sort of towards the coast of Sydney no and I think they might have forgotten that they have such great well they're idiots if they'd forgotten that the Penrith Panthers won every division of the competition this year. That's awesome. That, that's amazing. And mm. apparently they're just this incredible sort of nursery of talent. Mm. And 13 of the 17 players in that team had come up through the club. Oh, cool. And that really says something about the strength of that club. And they won last year and they've won again this year. You have to wonder. I love that idea of 
really creating that young grassroots level team and building them through to that elite level. They must be doing it so well. Because that takes time and it takes foresight, it takes planning. and Patience. So much patience. But, you know, I think the Broncos have tried to do it a few times. Like they they call them the baby Broncos and you just like they're trying to cultivate this team and it just – we haven't quite got there yet. But, Mm. you know, it's so cool to see that come to fruition. Yeah, it was awesome. We are going to, I guess, change tact a little bit and we're going to give Jen Dorman a call from Women's Sport Australia and talk to her a little bit about the Sports Bra Project, which is something that came up in your feed this week yeah. and that you sort of said, hey, we should investigate this more and understand a bit more about it. Yeah, I, I saw it pop up in my feed through Kate Campbell, who is an ambassador for the Sports Bra Project. And it's all about making sure we enable young women to continue sport. And part of that is through access to sports bras. When we originally thought about doing this podcast together, one of the outcomes that we hoped to kind of come out of it is to make sure that women and girls continue to participate in sport because that's something that we're incredibly passionate about. We want women to move their bodies and participate in sports in whatever way that looks like for them. But yeah, to ensure that we create the accessibility for women and girls to continue sport. Anyway, we wanted to learn a bit more about it and on the line now, we have Jen Dorham, who is the head of Women's Sport Australia, who is partnering with the Sports Bra Project. Tell us, how are you going? How was your weekend? Yeah, no, my weekend was excellent. I was actually at an AFLW match on Friday night, which was great for the Hawks AFLW team, who are my team, and they won. So, yeah, that was a great way to kick off the weekend, and the rest of it was pretty nice as well with some sunny weather down here in Melbourne. Oh, much overdue. I know that um, the Hawks are having a great season down there at the moment. Yeah, it's been great. So I think like we're obviously really excited to have our first season actually in the competition and Bet Goddard's a great coach. So a couple of wins on the trot. So hopefully they'll just keep coming from here. So we wanted, like, obviously we love chatting about sports, so happy to chat about it. But also we wanted to get you on here to talk about women's sport Australia. You're the president. What is Women's Sport Australia and and what is the kind of the goal behind it? Yeah, excellent. So Women's Sport Australia, we're a voluntary sort of executive board that come together and come up with ways and strategies and different programs and events that can promote equal opportunities in sport for women and girls. So too many of us are too frustrated about a lot of the the way that sport works and the infrastructure that's there to support men and boys, whereas women and girls is still just a bit of an afterthought. So we're really working towards ways that we can activate and encourage sort of the whole sporting infrastructure to be more welcoming and provide more opportunities for women and girls in sport. So it's a big role, but yeah. it's quite exciting and we're definitely sort of making progress. I think like sport really has come so far in the last 10 years with the rise of so many domestic sports sort of leagues and competitions, but we still have a way to go to make it as equal as what the boys have. Jen, can you tell us about the Sports Bra Project and what role that has in allowing girls to continue to play in sport? 
Yeah, fantastic. So we have sort of, we're working with the Sports Bra Project. So they are based out of the US and their mission is to provide females in need with sports bras being such a crucial element that enables people to play sport and feel supported in in more ways than one. Mm. So they have expanded operations to heaps of different countries and launched in Australia on International Women's Day of this year. And we have worked with the Australian-based team to sort of be the shop front of their operations because we've got our sort of website and database and sort of supporter network set up. We have brought them into the fold to be able to promote the great work that they're doing. So on the Women's Sport Australia website, you're able to see information about the sports bra project and how you can get involved in either donating new bras that can be donated. You can run a bra drive or you can actually apply if, if you're a community in need and you'd like to receive bras. So they're the, the three different so the support's been really great and we're really excited to be working with them. Obviously that's a, an incredibly important part of women and girls kind of continuing to have access and feel, as you said, feel supported in many different ways in continuing their sport. What other things do you feel like are the areas that are still lacking because as you said, you know, we've come so far in the last kind of decade with the, you know, the rise of NRLW and AFLW and, you know, netball is really coming into its own, women's cricket, women's soccer. There's so much that has improved. What do you feel like we're still struggling with in terms of that equality amongst men's sport? It's a really good question. Like I think there's still so much we have come so far, but sort of setting up competitions and things like that, all of that work needs to be done in conjunction with sort of a cultural shift that we really need to see to enable female athletes and female administrators and coaches and journalists and all of those people who play a crucial role in the sporting infrastructure to actually feel like there's space for them and that they are actually revered for so what they do, not just an afterthought compared to the boys. So I think it's been really interesting to see sort of different governments putting in um, mandates around sort of female administration and getting females on sporting boards and things like that because that's actually started to create a bit of a cultural shift to make sure that there's more diversity within the boardroom and hence in the strategy. And I think that's been a really good shift to see. It's been great to see the rise of sort of female journalists and sort of the women in sport media movement happening. Mm. And I think it's just sort of making sure that we've got the infrastructure at, at club level so that women and girls competitions and leagues and teams do get given the same opportunities as the boys. Jen, when you talk about infrastructure, are you talking about things as simple as a change, you know, appropriate change facilities and bathrooms? Is that when when you say infrastructure, are we talking that sort of simplistically? I I think so. Infrastructure, probably I'm, I'm thinking more about the entire environment and the way that everything fits together within the sporting network. But infrastructure itself the the physical facilities and things like that is definitely a big part of that so I think it's just making sure that we've got the ability to have females given the same sort of recognition and 
equal opportunities to facilities, to uniforms, to premium stadiums, to all of the different sort of sports dietitians and things like that, that the males are traditionally given great access to. I'm really interested, Jen, to hear your opinion of an opinion piece by a pale, stale male uh, <laughs> journalist. Who, he who should, could you be talking about? He who shall not be named um, because we don't, don't want to give that. Uh, I, could I think swear. I know what yeah, you're you know, you know who I'm yep. talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to not swear because so, we're, no, we're family exactly. friendly. Um, I would love to hear your opinion about that because, I mean, what you were talking about was the entire cultural environment, right, of sport yep. and the perspective of sport within our Australian society. Like how do we as women and, you know, female athletes – continue to want to strive and thrive when there's still this perspective from lame journalists like that who, you know, come yeah. out and say really degrading, yeah, disparaging disparaging things about, a you know, a relatively new sport. Like, you know, obviously yep. league um, AFL has been around for a long time, but AFLW is just new and it's still finding its feet and it's still developing its talent pool. And like, how do, how do we find our ability to thrive in, a, in an environment that is still kind of leveraging and platforming people like that? Yeah, it, it grinds my gears, to yeah. put it sort of mildly. <laughs> We've because, been very upset about it this weekend. <laughs> uh, it's just sort of one of those things like, why don't we just go back in time to when just the men's competitions were first starting up and let's look at the quality of that game because really you can't compare like a game that's been around for 100 plus years to a season which is in its its seventh year at the moment. Mm. Like you can't expect the quality of the game to be at that same level but year on year it is improving so much and like people are really getting behind it. Like my friend and I were at the AFLW on the weekend and we love seeing so many men with their pies in the stands, watching the game, really enjoying the competition. And yes, there's the naysayers and they happen to be the ones with the very high profiles and the jobs that are very cushy and things like that. But like, there are people out there that are really enjoying this game and yeah. you, you know that the, the female population is here for it and absolutely loving it. And I think... It, it's the powerful few and those voices that are coming through, which is really upsetting. But there are a lot of great male allies out there that are really jumping on board and loving the competition. So it's really sad that, that, that people are able to have these opinions and get them printed in the media, like Herald's um, what we are thinking kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But yep. I think it is just... We need to get out there with our voices and just comment, tweet, sort of tell people how great women's sport is Mm -hmm. and just go back to these kind of comments and just say we're loving it because like the the demand for women's sport is there and like it's just we can't keep getting these one-sided opinions that the quality of the competition is not good enough because it's just it's not going to be at the level of the men's game, but it needs time to get there and it needs support, not being torn down. Jen, thank you so much for your time today. We've absolutely loved having this discussion with you um, and we'd love to get you back on 
as uh, the year progresses, just to get your thoughts and insights onto the in the world of women's sport. Yeah, definitely. Very happy to be contacted and a part of things anytime. She was great. Yes, and I love. I'm glad we brought up the article that was in the Herald Sun on the weekend, yes. and I think it's important. That was really a. It was clickbait. It was a. It was a real dog whistle. It got me. It, yeah, <laughs> don't like it. Definitely, when I first read the headlines, I was like, Ugh! but. I think it's really important to play the issue, not the man. Yeah, I know. We, we, uh, the reason that I kind of asked the question is because, you know, she's someone who's on the ground. And oh, yeah. Her doing, perspective is brilliant on this. She's doing the work and she has a much more level head than I. <laughs> <laughs> As do you because we, we've been having this discussion over the weekend because I'm like literally put him in the bin. Like why does he have a platform? Why do people continue to – put him out there like what about Harold Sun what about the project like all of these people who continue to have him on those platforms that annoys me because we can't live in an echo chamber and if you don't have an alternative view are you really because he uh, I can assure you he will be representing a perspective of the Australian population put them all in the bin no but that's not how you (laughs) that's not how you create change yes it is you don't just say you're wrong (laughs) yes Yes, <laughs> you put them in the no, bin. No, you've got to ta- you've got to take you've got to acknowledge where they're at, and you have to take them on a journey. I don't think if you just turn around and say that's wrong, then you're never going to engage them. I mean, <laughs> again, you have the level head. No, I don't. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I I do find it frustrating, and I do find it a bit antiquated. And I in reading a bit antiquated. Well, in reading his article, he had some points they're not necessarily there are kernels of truth in what he's saying it's just the perspective you put around it yes there's been a huge amount of investment in AFLW that isn't proportional to what it's bringing back but that is like the start of any business any business you have to invest up front you're not going to get the returns initially but already the AFLW has a huge grassroots following there are 600,000 women and girls playing AFLW in Australia. That is not a small number. That is going to have a tenfold return for AFL in future. But if you just pull those, you know, if you look at things in isolation, at the moment there are things that don't look great about the AFLW. It has grown really quickly. That's a choice they've made. The NRLW has taken a slower and steadier approach. It's not to say either are wrong, but you don't have the depth of talent yet in AFLW to support but all it, those teams. But also it it's the thing that I like about that growth perspective from the AFLW is that you can't be what you can't see, right? So oh, absolutely. Women and girls need the opportunity to see that. They need they, to know they can get there. They need to know that they can get there and that there's a space for them. Mm. You know, one of the things that I think was interesting around swimming for a really long time when you had Ian Thorpe and Grant Hackett, there wasn't a lot of other – like, yes, there were. Don't get me wrong. We were very successful in terms of our relay teams and things like that in the, in the freestyle events. But – there was really only Grant and Ian for a very long time. Had Susie already? No, no, sorry. I'm talking about just the men's, like for the oh, 200, 400, 1500 freestyle. Like there wasn't a lot of opportunities for men to get into those spots oh, because it's only two spots. I see what you're saying. And right. so when they left, when they retired, 
it's taken a really long time oh, to rebuild. That's a really good point. To rebuild because there wasn't that ability because it was like, well, I'm going up against the greatest of all time mm. in Australian swimming. So how am I – there's no space for me here. Well, it's – so it's like I guess what we were talking about before with the Penrith Panthers. If You've got to be prepared to be patient and to invest and to not see some returns for a while Yeah, while you build that infrastructure. Correct. And I think the thing that bothered me about that particular article though is that the, he was like, oh, let's put some money into VFL. I'm like, cool, put more money. But why is it – why is the pie – only so big. Why does the pie have to take away from women's sport to fund men's sport? But Why don't we just make the pie bigger? Or just put it towards the women who haven't had the opportunity yeah. for a hundred years. But <laughs> have an abundance mindset. There's lots of money in AFL. Yeah. If you need more funding for men's find regional funding. sport, great. Total, like I'm sure there's lots of reasons why we should invest in men's regional sport, but just go and get more funding. You can do it. You just got the biggest media deal in Australian yeah. history. It's there for the taking. Yeah. But don't feel like, why does the allocation have to come from the women's budget? That's ridiculous. Correct. Correct. So I feel like there's, is there other stuff? Oh, to we talk have about? to talk about the F1. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, time. And, by, and now, <laughs> it, now for our weekly segment on the F1. I was like, by other stuff, I really mean F1, but I don't <laughs> we'll want to. We'll talk about the Opals in a minute. But uh, yes, Opals, amazing. Kim, who's part of our team, sent us through a picture this weekend, which we'll share on our socials of all the different helmets because we've been trying to understand the seats. And the first reaction... Well, you had... Can we clarify? You created your own flow yeah, chart. We, yeah. We, yeah. For the sports social. Yeah. Which I think we should also share. Actually, it, <laughs> I think one of the kids tipped a glass of water on it. So I'll, I'll oh, recreate that. Come on, kids. <laughs> but Kim, Kimmy sent us this picture of all the different helmets for all the different teams and to help us understand where the seats were. And my immediate reaction was, that's a tea towel right there. It just had like all the helmets, pretty colours lined up. I think there's a missed merchandising opportunity. Well, should we? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean... Do you think the F1 would have a few issues? No. <laughs> that would be like awesome. Oh, thank Go you. you guys. Yeah. Like the sports we social. missed the 30-year-old market. They missed our market. So in this week's F1 news, Max Verstappen didn't poll well. Did you say poll well? Didn't 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 rate form well? Well, he didn't get on is it it's pole position. Yeah. So he didn't he didn't get a good spot on the grid for the Singapore Grand Prix. How come? Uh, he ran out of petrol. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that feels like a, just a straight up Hass move. I mean, just – didn't someone look at the fuel gauge go, so it's a little low. I know fuel's expensive at the moment. Just top her up. Top her up. He was so cheesed off because he got called in on his last lap or something and ended up, I think, eighth on the grid. Oh, so that was for qualifying. In, in qualifying. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I didn't say at the top. Yeah, so he – didn't qualify well, and Singapore is apparently a really tight track. So, so it's, it's, it's not an overtaking situation, and he didn't finish well. I saw that Mick Schumacher, mm -hmm. who drives for Haas, mm -hmm. had to be pulled back into the box. <laughs> I'll get that right. Into pit the pit. box. <laughs> pit, pit. Because his wheel wasn't quite on right. <laughs> Which is a straight-up Haas move. I just <laughs> got to be a review going on. Hey, come on, Gunther. Let's do some, some performance point. reviews, guys. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Change the tyres. Put the tyre back on. Zit, 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 zit. 
Verstappen's teammate Sergio Perez actually won the Singapore. Yes. I mean, I guess we should probably talk about that. Who, who actually won? <laughs> Perez. That was his fourth. I like ever. Perez. Yeah, he's cool. Chico. He's Mexican, and he just said it was like those Mexicans just work hard, and he, he felt like he really em- embodied that. I feel like he is just he's a stayer. Like he's never really like he's not a Hamilton. He's not flashy. He's not a Verstappen. Oh, Hamilton he's not got a in Russell. Hamilton got in trouble for wearing a stud in his nose. Yeah, that was weird. What was that about? I think the steward said that's not allowed. You're not allowed to wear jewelry. I just thought tape it up. It's like netball. <laughs> just tape it up, bro. Tape it up or take it out. <laughs> Either way, just it'd look really weird no, if you had tape on your but nose. Didn't he get like a? Had an allowance because it was didn't want yeah, it to get apparently he had a he had a medical certificate. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, I need a certificate, please. I've got a race on the weekend and they won't let me wear jewelry. Because <laughs> it's infected. Oh. What is he like fifteen? Yeah. Like you just gotta twirl it, don't it, you? Turn it. Turn it. Spray that thing on. Put the spray on it and then spin twist it. it. Oh, that sounds awful. No, thank you. Yes. Um. So I think there's five races to go. If if Verstappen had won and you know the stars had aligned, he might have won the drivers' championship in Singapore. But now I think we're definitely onto a few more races before that's possible. Cool. Isn't Toto having a Barney about the? There's a cash cap. Because they used to be able to just spend bucket loads of money. I feel like we could talk to them. <laughs> like, there's so much to talk about just in Throw F1. money. <laughs> Got a problem? Some <laughs> <laughs> <Just> notes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going. Mercedes isn't allowed to just spend all their money anymore. Yeah, well, which is probably why Toto's complaining because normally. And Christian just... Horner's like, it's, or Horner is like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Whereas if the roles were reversed. Yeah. He would be losing. Oh, Toto mind. would just be like, "It's you know, there's not a problem here. There's not a problem. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You I should go and talk to Christian. Like... What, like vampires? <laughs> yes, I was going to say Count Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Uh, yeah, so Christian Horner's having a bit of a dummy spit because Toto's teasing him about how much money he's spending. He's such a little whiner. He is a whiner, but such good value. I mean, you I... could. What a character. I. I mean, what a gift, what a gift to drive to survive. (laughs) And I cannot wait for the next season. When is it coming out? (laughs) Not soon enough. Yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll look that up. Oh, we need to go to the F1. F1, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) F1 is not listening. F1. We're like some. We're available. We're available for the Melbourne Grand Prix. Commentary. Just. Libby will try not to say the wrong terms at the wrong time. (laughs) Pip. I feel like we should get tickets. <laughs> so F1, if you are listening. Let us know. We'll see if we, we can, can squeeze you we'll into squeeze our you into our schedule. Uh, we also should talk about the Opals. They Yes. Oh, they had the best gosh, it was close match with China to go into the finals. They lost in the last two seconds by two points to China and then went on to play Canada for the bronze medal. And stomped it. They just did had such a great game. Lauren Jackson, this was her last ever outing for the Opals, and she scored thirty points in twenty one minutes. She had the most beautiful um, tweet, social media post about representing oh. Australia for the last time, and 
Because I don't think when she retired last time that she kind of was aware that it was her last mm. outing in Australian Colours and she was just, you know, so appreciative and grateful for that opportunity, which I like resonated hard with. It was just such a beautiful thing that she's conscious of because when you're kind of in it at the first time, you just you just assume that it will keep kind of going and mm. then all of a sudden it, it ends. It ends and it was so beautiful to, to see her do that and you know 30 points at 41 years of age like Waleed Ali described her participation in the Opals this year or for this campaign as almost like community service Mm. she's come back and she didn't need to she didn't need to do any of this and there was no guarantee she'd get selected like she really put herself out there and she was happy to just play for two minutes if that helped re-establish the Opals and recreate that team culture Mm. and I thought that was a really beautiful way to think about her participation and what she went out to achieve. And interestingly, 41 seems to be the age of retirement this year because Serena was 41 or Mm. is 41, Roger's 41 and Lauren Jackson is 41. Amazing. So three greats in a very short space of time. She really is the greatest of all time in so many different ways. Mm. So well done, Lauren. Well done, the Opals. Mm. I read... A brilliant little article on the ABC this week about a guy in Dampier, which mm. I gather is on the Western Australian coastline. Yes. Think sort of. I'm not good at geography. North. I'll go with that. Hot. Who is raising money for the Royal Flying Doctors. Amazing. By running 500 kilometres. Too many kilometres. With a wheelbarrow. Especially <laughs> with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I love this. So he wants to raise this money. And he'd sailed his boat up the Western Australian coastline and arrived in this little town and he has two little girls. Mm. So obviously to go for a run, he's got to take them with him. So he puts his two little girls in the wheelbarrow and then runs around town. Has he heard of prams? <laughs> I'm Actually, I didn't even think of that. It's a really good point. <laughs> I, look, this maybe prams are hard to come by in po- rural, remote Western Australia. It's possible. It's a good-looking wheelbarrow. He puts in pillows because obviously it's not very comfortable. Can't imagine it would be. But the community's excited. There's pictures of him running along this beautiful coastline with this blue wheelbarrow and his little girls are running out in front and then they take turns. Cute. And I just thought, isn't that – I love how people come up with these ideas and then also want to do them. But then actually do them. I mean, the amount of ideas that I've had that I do not execute. Thank goodness. (laughs) Sometimes it's for the best. Hey, we came up with this idea. We've executed It's just too easy. Hey, can I just quickly say, I mean, that's amazing. Well done. What's his name? His name is James Broman and he's already, he he raised his target amount in a day. Oh, amazing. So now he's upped it by like... Another 10 times. So should we put a link in the show yeah, notes we will. for people to... Yeah, because it's a really good cause and it's just a cool way to go about it. And can I just, off the back of James, good job, James. Not that I'm dismissing that. Just it's oh, a, This God, is a terrible you're segue. You're stumbling, I do. Just <laughs> move on, move on. I wanted to say happy 10 episode anniversary to us. Oh, yes. Yeah. Jace, Jace treated us to new microphones. New microphones. Or new microphone stands. Thank you, Jason. And an invoice. <laughs> Nothing comes for free. (laughs) He's a business too. He is a business. 
And he's a talent. He's very so talented. thank you, Jace, for getting us through 10 episodes. Thank you, Kimmy, our operations manager. Thank you for listening. That's thank lovely. You for listening. Good job, George. Thank you. It's, it's been done. fun. Well, yes. don't, that's not the end. Oh, it's not? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that's been fun and we're done now. <laughs> no, we're just getting started. Just getting started, baby. So much more to talk about. We'll have a link for our F1 merch. <laughs> we do our not. Details. We'll put it in a link in the show notes. We'll get back to you You'll when see. we get the approvals from F1. <laughs> For co-branding. Yeah, exactly. Co-branding, the sports social and F1 collab. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you. You can please follow us on our so- socials. Thanks for the reviews that have started popping up. We really appreciate them. They help us to find – they help other people, I should say, find they us. They help us to find us. They help us to find ourselves. <laughs> they're, they're a nice reminder because we had a really um, beautiful one recently talking about women's perspective – of sport, mm. you know, men's and women's sport, but highlighting women's sport. And and we know that there's guys out there listening to who feel seen yes. from this type of conversation. So yes. thanks for listening. Yeah. So at the Sports Social Podcast on Instagram, if you have any grassroots ideas around conversations that you might want to highlight, we love showcasing them on the show. Otherwise, like, subscribe, rate, review, share. Please share. Sharing's great. Thank you for sharing. Sharing is caring. (laughs) Turn her microphone off. (laughs) Hopefully that's the last of my husky voice. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.